fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to big episode number 88 of the fourth season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. We are acting as your lead blocker, paving the way to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy you know rewards, trinkets, whatever, whether it's cash or a trophy or a, a certificate. Does anyone win certificates in Fantasy League? That might be the lamest thing I've ever said, actually. Anybody? Has anybody <laughs> ever... Cool. Has anybody ever won one, or has anybody ever heard of someone who's won one, even? I think we should no. bring it. Let's bring it back. Bring, bring it back? <laughs> <laughs> no tangents? All right. Anyway, let's, uh, let's bring back certificates. This year, whoever wins the RSJ is going to get a certificate with calligraphy uh, writing, and uh, I see Duckworth thinks it's going to be him. All right. Anyway, I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, not as always, we got the Wolf of Rotor Street, as always, but this is actually a huge deal. This is a big episode of the Fantasy Fullback Dive because this is the most people we've ever had on a podcast at one time. There are six of us, unless there's more. It's hard to even count. Uh, we've got just going around the horn here. We've got the Wolf, obviously. Uh, we've got Jimbo Slice in my upper left-hand corner. We've got Keegs up in the upper right. We've got Duckworth in the bottom right. And we've got the Salt Man himself in the lower left. Salt Man, is there anything you're particularly salty about today, or is this just kind of a run-of-the-mill day? No, except there's way too many people in here. It's probably going to be a disaster, but that's what it <laughs> Right. It, may, it might be a disaster, but you know we didn't get where we are today by just you know playing by the book. Uh, I heard a rumor that we had a pretty big guest on in an earlier taped podcast today is that true wolf it's very true we're going to uh, keep that until a little secret until it drops uh, i believe monday it will be dropping so we're going to keep it a secret but it, just about the biggest guess you can possibly have Brad i don't know Pitt. how it happened uh, but i'm thrilled and it was actually a fantastic interview it wasn't as yatesian as i expected so uh, a fantastic time fantastic content make sure you're tuning in on monday when that thing drops just i'll, I'll sneak preview that you meant like fantasy football guest like one of the one of the biggest football i just thought you met the best guest and i immediately went to beyonce or Brad Pitt, but you're talking about somebody more connected Beyonce? to football. She would be a yeah, huge guest. Beyonce, Beyonce if you're she listening, awesome. and you, she's I'm, a diehard. Yeah, yeah, she wouldn't be a fan. big guest. No one cares <laughs> yeah. what she's doing, right? Anyway, <laughs> she loves Saquon Barkley. Yeah, she it's might love. Five. No, she's like a yeah. She might love Saquon Barkley actually. Oh, by the way, what's the opposite? You know how anytime you see one of those movies and there's a virus spreading. And, uh, you know, they they look at the map of the world or the United States and they say, this is where the virus is right now in 12 hours. And then you see that it spread out. And then they're like, if this pattern continues in 72 hours and they show in the whole world's just wiped out, you know, how it just like spreads like wildfire. What's the good version of that? Because I kind of think that's where we are right now. The Rose Street Journal. I kind of think we're like a virus, but good. Uh, what's, yeah, what's the opposite? Know, what's a good virus? Be like, it'd be like the Rose Street come just like going everywhere. <laughs> he's like he's like you know when someone comes in your face that's kind of anyway um, just see standing over america watching pregnancy porn like uh, hey by the way that could be a great that would be a great shirt just like the country that's that sounds better than come i like little wolves running around (laughs) little wolves running around that's cool yes 
All right. Uh, anyway, I just want to know if anyone has something better than that to represent a good virus. I'd like to know because that's what we're doing. We had we had you know an insider, a Rotor Street Journal fan at Brown's training camp. Correct. Yeah. I mean that that's Absolutely. that's real. So uh, anyway, any of you guys that have the RSJ shirts and you want to rock them uh, in public at, at any uh, football events or any events you want actually. Uh, within reason, do so because we'll we'll throw you up on the website. Absolutely. All right, we're going to do uh, an attempt at a roundtable discussion here. It's going to be hard because there's no table, and you know there's a lot of these people. They're all opinionated. They all have stuff to say. So feel free to jump in and stuff. If it becomes just an absolute free for all, of course, you know I'll have to throw my weight around and, and be a facilitator. But other than that, we're just going to get going and we're going to see what you guys have to say about some of these questions. Uh, I'll call on you. I'll try to call on you in the same order, but I'll start with a different guy each round because, you know, you hate to be the fifth guy and get your thunder stolen every time. All right, first question, and we're going to start with the salt man on this. Is Todd Gurley's knee going to be an issue, yes or no, and where would you draft him in our upcoming Road Street Journal fantasy draft? It's probably coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, uh, the Wolf and myself have been arguing about this for a few weeks. I think his knee is a major issue, and I would not touch him. I mean, I would if you fell into like the third round or late second round or something, but that's about it. Um, Where's the highest you would we would draft him? Very end of the second round, possibly. Maybe. Okay. But you wouldn't touch him. You're not looking to touch this guy. Jimmy, what do you think? Uh, when Will first drafted him in the mock draft, I like just started going off on paper mache knees. <laughs> but his Wolf's really starting to infiltrate my brain here because I'd take him middle to end of the first round. Just like on the name itself, wow. Todd Gurley with that upside. Plus, like, if you're towards the end of the first and you get him there, there's another swing back you can get, like, early second to kind of, you know, mock it up. And even if you do get him, you just if you take Henderson in, like, the sixth round or something, that's a bona fide RB1 right there. So I think you're fine. All and, right. Very conflicting viewpoints. Uh, CJ, we liked the, the frozen picture there for a while that we had going. It was pretty cool. Welcome back. Jimmy does not agree with you. Uh, Keegs, what are your thoughts? That scares me. That's what the wolf does. He infiltrates your brain. He, he makes you think things that just aren't true. I'm, I'm more on CJ's side here. I think I don't think it's a major, major issue, but I do think it's something that's going to linger, especially with the kind of workload that he's gotten in the past and that he needs to get to really to be successful. So I'm not touching him until probably mid, late second round. Duckworth, how about you? The thing with Gurley, all the reports are that he can still he's still looking good moving the way he was. If you get Gurley at even sixty percent of what he was, that's still a bona fide fantasy star. Now, I wouldn't necessarily touch him with the first because there's that risk of him just missing sporadic games and costing key matchups. But if I already had a horse in mind like I would like doing the first round, I would definitely touch him early mid second round easy. Okay. Well, what are your thoughts? We know your sounds thoughts. Like someone has a, sounds like someone has a vacuum on or something. It might be coming from the upstairs of my apartment. I have oh, no that's idea. That's fantastic. This is great. This is the hot type of high-level uh, <laughs> podcast quality that people are looking for. I don't know why my mic would pick that. Where Whatever. We, we all there shout at each other to figure out where the vacuum is running. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what you want. You have to do a nice editing job on this, though. Oh, there's no yeah, exactly. That's going on Clean, here. Cleaning this one up, Vib. <laughs> I mean, is Duck, so Duck brought up right, he only needs 60% to still be a bona fide stud. In fact, he doesn't even need that much. So Los Angeles has averaged 433 fantasy points since McVeigh has come there from their backfield. Gurley would only need 52% of that to actually still be the RB10, which is where he's getting drafted right now. So if you're telling me Gurley can't be half of what he's been these last two years because he's got a little bit of arthritis because he had surgery, everyone who has an ACL 
surgery has arthritis in their knee. That's just a bona fide. Like, that, this is what happens when you have an ACL surgery. His trainer said everyone's known that for the last three years. Gurley himself has said this is nothing compared to having to recover from an actual ACL surgery. So to me, it, it's nothing. It's being way overblown. You're getting a guy that's the goal line hammer of the league's most explosive offense. He's still going to score 15 or so touchdowns. So it, it's nothing. I, I think it's way overblown. You're going to get 15, 16 touchdowns at the beginning to end of round two if you're an idiot like CJ. Uh, to me, that's a, a no-brainer. It's a fantasy steal that's going to make your season. Uh, I, I love it. How can you get the number one over player back-to-back years all the way at the end of the first or early second? It's it's a steal. It's a, it's a no-brainer in my opinion. I hear everything you're saying. I would just be – I'm a guy that's just scared to like gamble like that with my first-round pick. I really am. I, mean, I feel like if you blow that one, you're done. And I feel like there's at least a you know at least a significant chance. Obviously, you can't predict injury, but this guy you don't really have to predict it. Like it's there. So I don't know. I would probably be scared to use a first round pick on him if he was around mid late second. Yeah, I guess I'd jump. And it's not like you don't make a good case. I just I don't know. Maybe I'm a more conservative guy than you. And you know maybe that's why you've had such fantasy success in your life, Wolf. So congratulations. Hats off to you on that. I think you're gonna fuck this up for whatever it's worth. There you go. Jimmy <laughs> tipped his hat right there. All right, Jimmy, we're going to start with you here. Will Melvin Gordon hold out? If so, what is Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson's value? If drafting today, where would you draft Gordon? And I'll just throw on, would you draft him before or after Gurley? Uh, I'd draft him way after Gurley. Oh, wow. Gordon, right now. CJ can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, CJ knows I'm a big uh, Jackson guy. If he were to get that lead role, I would love to have him over Eckler. I just think he's more of a complete back. If I was drafting Gordon, I would put him probably end of the second round. That's probably where I'd feel decently comfortable. I'd prefer like a Delvin Cook, a Joe Mixon, one of those guys, much more over Melvin Gordon right now. Keegs, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I, – I don't, with Gordon, I don't know. I'm not huge on Gordon. I've never been huge on Gordon, but I think I'd probably go with him. I'd say before Gurley if I'm putting Gurley so late. Um I think Jackson's could be a stud, but I think Eckler's the guy that they <clears throat> he's kind of been around there. He, he they think he kind of knows the offense enough that they can kind of rely on him a little more at least early in the season. But I don't even think Gordon's holdout is really going to be that much of an issue. I think he'll be back soon enough that it's going to make those two guys less relevant. Duck, what do you think? Is this guy going to hold out? Uh, and where would you take him, Gordon? I think he truly means what he says, but I think it's real easy to say and to say those things until the paychecks stop coming. He hasn't made nearly as much money as Le'Veon Bell whenever he did his holdout, and I think that's going to play more of a factor than people are thinking. I think once he misses maybe a couple of games, Melvin will be like, all right, I think I might have made my point. The offense likely hasn't looked the same without me. I'll come back. I'll put on a show for him, and I think that's going to make all the difference. But if he does hold out, like with the thing we were talking about, Eckler and Jackson, they each gain a little bit of a bump in value. Jackson becomes the better value because last season when Eckler got a significant amount of volume, as to be expected, his efficiency dropped, but he he didn't really do anything to separate himself from any other serviceable back, and he has durability issues for himself. I think if I had to choose between the two of those, I would take Jackson over Eckler. I know Sami's probably going to be pulling his hair out when he hears this. But that's just where I stand. Wolf, where do you stand exactly? Are you an Eckler fan? Are you a Jackson fan? You think Gordon is uh, just blowing smoke out of his ass here? What do you think? I'm I'm nervous about this. I'm not touching Gordon right now at all. I mean, I have him at like 50th or so overall, so there is a point where I would take him. It's certainly not going to 
fall to me that far at 50. I think he means what he says. When Le'Veon held out last year and they asked him, you know, what do you think of this Le'Veon Bell situation? He said, I would do the same exact thing. So, and here he is kind of being a man of his word and he hasn't shown up yet. I don't see him showing up anytime soon. And I, I'm hoping for a trade and whatnot. So if he doesn't show up, what do I make of that situation? As the duck brought up, Eckler's efficiency went way down. He's much better in that change of pace role. Uh, a lot of people, you know, Evan Silva, a lot of these guys are talking about how Eckler is, is not just a change of pace back that he's the kind of guy. And he did get 17, 18, 17 touches. Once Melvin was out, he was the one they went to first, but he averaged 3.1 yards of carry 3.9 yards of catch was became very inefficient. He's much more of a draw, much more of a like, uh, you know, when the defense has already been battered by a guy, Eckler's the guy that comes in. I don't think he's the featured back. I, I know, you know, on NFL network, they've already talked to the coach and he said that Justin Jackson, we want more and more of him. So right now he's going, you know, after round 12, 13 in best ball drafts to me, that's a, a no brainer right now, because I think he'd take over that Melvin Gordon role and I'm not touching Gordon until I know more. I, I think he's a man of his word. I don't think we're going to see him until late in the season. CJ, Jimmy, you know, his thoughts on Gurley slash Gordon kind of made you cringe a little bit over there. Just kind of look at the sky and disgust, you know, elaborate on that a little bit. You think Gordon's holdouts for real? You like either of these other guys? And, and where would you take him right now if the draft was today? So, no, I don't think it's for real at all. I think he's going to just save himself for the season. No injuries will happen in the preseason with him sitting out. And then um, he'll be ready to go by week one. Also, just looking up his contract situation, he's set to make $5.6 million this year, which would be more than he's made in his career thus far. So, I mean, there's really – I don't see a reason for him to hold out at all. He hasn't made any money and. Oh, no, there's just no reason for it. I was just about to make a comment about how NFL running backs are just like kind of, uh, you know, the cattle of the sports world and are run into the ground and not comment. And then, you know, you threw out five point six million that Melvin Gordon stands to make this year. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't feel quite as sorry for him anymore. All right. We're going to start with Keegs this time. Who is the Bucks lead running back going to be? And is that even important? Like, I would just tend to say, no, it's not that important. But the Wolf, you know, again, he does mess with your mind, and the Wolf just is really talking up this Bucks offense, potentially. Who's going to win that job, and do you care? Uh, yeah, I don't really care. I don't think right, it's that right. relevant. Um, I think Peyton Barber has probably got the edge, but, I mean, it's it's minuscule at this point. It really could be either of them, because neither of them have really proven anything yet. Um, but you'd like to think, you know, Bruce Arians comes in and, and you can kind of did what he did with David Johnson, but David Johnson's got a lot more talent than either of those guys. And I don't really see it being all that relevant. Duck, you, you're a Bucks running back, you're a Ducks backfield fan. What do you think? Well, it's not exactly a coveted position, but <laughs> wait a minute. Truth. Aren't you the one that's always going after Peyton Barber or am I just not I mean, remembering? I think spot? always is a strong word. <laughs> I mean, it's happened. Seems pretty pretty often. I, I'd say more than eighty percent of the time, the truth likes Peyton Barber on his team for some reason. I don't get it, but it, it just seems to be around at an appropriate time. But I've never gone on record. Well, you know, two years ago, I, I did really like him. The Wolf convinced me he was going to be the real deal, and he was just just fucking awful. Garbage. Um, and then this year, I reached for him in the draft again. again the Wolf kind of convinced me he was going to be there. So I really, yeah, he's the guy that that you should be talking to. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, last year he did absolutely nothing to make himself stand out. He had, what, 254 touches, I think. And what, did he still, gain, like 256 yards? Basically. <laughs> but still, he's entrenched himself as a starter, at least according to all the reports. Arians seems to like him. And then there's those reports that a Ronald Jones weight isn't exactly football weight, but more a Pillsbury Doughboy weight. And that really <laughs> kind of leads it. New member of the Tub Club. Part. All right. Oh, yeah. 
He needs to uh, stay away from McDonald's or something. But I've also seen Arians just do some magic with players like Andre Ellington, and that leads me to have some cautious optimism about Barber. If he's sitting there in those mid-rounds, I have no problem taking a flyer on him. Now, if Ajayi winds up in Tampa, that all goes out the window, and I am very excited about Ajayi despite those tissue paper knees. Dude, Ajayi has screwed us over more than any back. Would you say he's screwed us, or Derrick Henry has screwed us more, Wolf? I'm, I'm, I'm already seeing Wolf's article right when Ajayi signs there. Ajayi. Ajayi, I'll tell you. <laughs> Fourth time's the charm. Ajayi. He could still upset. surprise you. CJ, thoughts? Um, I'm just going to die on the Ronald Hill, uh, the, the Ronald Jones Hill until it happens. So Ugh. that's what I'm doing. <clears throat> Jimmy, go ahead. Ronald Jones, uh, Peyton Barber, uh, pick your poison. It's got to be Barber. Barber was at least somewhat serviceable off your bench if you really needed a guy last year. Jones was getting like healthy scratched in the year, which is pretty pathetic for that team. So I, I wanted it to be Jones, but I, I don't have any faith in him. So it's got to be Barber. <laughs> Wolf, do you have any thoughts about the backfield that haven't already been thrown out there? No, it's all pretty well said. Barber got a ton of work and was pretty damn horrible with it. It was like historically inefficient, but Ronald Jones was somehow worse than that. I don't see why he's going to suddenly be much better. Yeah, I get he was young and immature and didn't take it as serious as he should. And now he's all in and blah, blah, blah. It means nothing to me. I think it's Barber. You know, Bruce Arians loves the big, strong power backs that can also be versatile and catch it. We saw it with Richard Mendenhall at like age 30 was plotting and doing nothing, but he still stumbled in the end zone like nine, 10 times. And I I can see Barber. This offense, I think, is going to be pretty damn high-powered. I think they're going to it's definitely going to be more of an air show, but every now and again, they're going to find themselves with this pass interference or what have you, right on the stripe. They're going to go to Barber. I could see him racking up 10 to 12 touchdowns oh, this year when on. he can get that at pick. I, I, I just, he had like <laughs> seven or eight last year, and now I think this offense is going to be even better under Bruce Arians, and he likes to run it much more in the red zone than Todd Munkin ever did. He's a way too pass-happy when they get in close. I think Barber's going to cap off at least 10 to 12 scoring drives and, and get there and it'd be pretty valuable like a bye week fill-in if you have kind of a a risky roster and you need something safe with a, a decent floor i really think barber goes to the pick like 130 unless you're the truth and pick him at like pick 60 you know otherwise he's going so late that he's going to actually re- yield some value with the touchdowns that he has listen you could tell the truth like about when i picked him and it would still be embarrassing you don't have to like lie and exaggerate and add like 20 <laughs> spots just tell the truth, and then you won't get blown up as just a, the huge liar that you are. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted to just ask a question, because when you were talking, you talked about stumbling into the end zone. What's, that seems like it should be a glossary term. Like, What's a term for stumbling into the end zone? Because there, you know, there are certain guys that just stumble into the end zone. right? I'm not talking about, like, oh, I'm a goal line specialist, I'm going to plow through. I mean guys that just kind of seem to stumble their way in. Like LeGarrette Blunt. Like LeGarrette Blunt is an excellent <laughs> yeah, exactly example right. of someone who stumbles into the end zone. I just still don't even understand, like, what is the Rojo Hill? CJ said he's going to die upon it, but I don't even know what that hill is made of, why it even exists. Like, what, what's your case here, CJ? Um, so just coming out of college at USC, he was a stud. Everyone was like, oh, the USC line was great. It was actually really bad if you watch them at all. And um, he just he's super fast. He's talented. He's just a really good running back, in my opinion. And I think last year he kind of he was twenty years old, one point nine yards carry. Yeah, it's awesome. He's uh, <laughs> he's twenty years he's twenty years old. He was just getting fat, just not caring, falling out of clubs, like doing whatever. Now he's ready. He's gonna put the old uh, 
Bucks offense on his back, and he's going to lead this team in rushing. What is the Rojo Hill made out of? How tall is it? Like, what kind of material is it constructed out of? Is it more of like a you know like speed bump in the road, or is it a full fledged hill? I was thinking mm. an ant hill. Yeah, yeah that, that, that sounds a lot better. Not no, it's, like much a, it's like a steel bunker in a war. Like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! It's horrible. If he can learn to catch the ball with his face mask, he might have a shot. Oh yeah, yeah he's, he's horrendous. Like, he's pretty bad. I don't know, uh, CJ. You're gonna have to do a little more work to convince. I think me and probably the rest of the panel on that. I saw a lot of skeptical. I'll, I'll looks. let his pads do the talking. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, can Aaron Jones finally free himself of Jamal Williams? I love that phrasing, by the way. Uh, freeing himself of Jamal Williams. Jamal, who's better, a Ronald Jones or Jamal Williams? Anybody want to take a stab at that real quick? Jamal, Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams. Any, yeah, any Williams. running back in the NFL is better than Peyton Ronald Barber Jones. or Jamal Williams? Yes. And the, very comparable. <laughs> yeah, both kind of plotters that just get what's there. Kind of stumble. Stumble. See. stumble Nothing the exciting zone. about them. Yeah, J.H.I. Let's get him in there. All right, well, <laughs> well, I mean, can Aaron Jones finally free himself from Jamal Williams? Duck, what do you think? I hope so. This man is bona fide dynamite when he gets the ball in his hands. The reports are out that the Packers want to get him more involved in the passing game. Williams has been given what every opportunity to prove he deserves more touches, and he's floundered while Jones continues to steal the spotlight. Now, personally, I don't exactly trust LaFleur's play calling, and I certainly hope he's not, but that's for a whole different reason. LaFleur did finally see the inevitable and just have to start feeding Henry when he started making strides and hopefully he can get past his own hubris and let Jones work his magic. If he does, this offense will click. If he doesn't, it will still sputter and Rogers will throw more hissy fits. Hissy fits in the makings. Wolf loves to just pile on Rogers, by the way. So he would love nothing more than that. CJ, what do you think? Is Aaron Jones going to finally be free of Jamal Williams or is he going to be like a, a anchor Attached to you know some appendage that's going to weigh him down for the rest of the year. Um, I want to say yes, and I'd probably bet on yes. But with Matt Lafleur last year, just waiting 14 weeks to feed Henry, I'm not sure. Maybe he learned from it, but I don't know. Nothing. He didn't show anything last year, so who knows at this point? Wolf, what do you think? I, even if it is a little bit of a committee, I still think Aaron Jones can be very valuable because this offense is a fully predicated on the, the backfield out. They call it merging the passing games and run games. It's all about the zone blocking scheme with Jones has thrived on over five yards of carry on outside zone runs all last year. He has that kind of perfect vision and accelerations to thrive in that zone running game, but he's also great in the screen game. He's a great pass catcher. Everything LaFleur wants to do fits Jones really well. So even if he loses five to 10 touches a week to Jamal Williams. They scheme so much volume for their running backs in this system. We've seen it with Sean McVay. We've seen it with Shanahan. It's that same style system. I think even with 50 to 60% of the work, Jones is going to have a monster season. So yes, I hope he frees himself because then he'll be a true, you know, top five contender as a running back. But even if he doesn't, I see him being a very high end RB two. the lead back in this offense has averaged over 18 touches a game. And whenever Jones has gotten that he's averaged over 20 fancy points a game. So Jimmy, what do you think? Is Aaron Jones going to free himself of this horrible anchor? Uh, he should. I mean, anyone with a brain knows that he's the far superior back in Green Bay. So, I mean, it, it's only a matter of time until he's fully unleashed. And maybe with this coaching change, it's just what they need. But I, I honestly don't know how you could keep going away from him towards Williams. It's got to be just Jones. It is an odd decision that they've been making. Keegs, do you have anything to add? 
Not much. I mean, I totally agree. I think uh, Aaron Jones is clearly like that's is he should be the top guy there. Um, I think CJ kind of hinted on LaFleur not using Henry until the end of the season, but I do think he's going to learn from that and realize that when you have a guy that has that talent, at some point you just got to give him the reins and let him take the offense. Um, I think Jones kind of showed a little bit with uh, the GM called him out a little bit about his weight last year. He cut his cut his body fat down to 5.3%, which is less than half of what he was at last year. So he's in the best shape of his life. As long as Rodgers is healthy, as, as much as I kind of hate Rodgers as a person, he's a good quarterback, and he opens up the running game when he's playing well. So um, I think he should definitely free himself from Williams. All right, right now, if I, if I told you right now that Aaron Jones was going to be the man in Green Bay, where would you guys take him? I'd probably take him right around that Dalvin Cook-Damian Williams tier, so like RB11, RB12-ish. Number five, can Deontay Foreman steal the Texans' backfield job? I mean, you got to think that's tough. I mean, taking a job from Lamar Miller is, I mean, you know, that is not an easy thing to do. And, you know, Miller obviously just has had that job on lockdown for a while. So what do you think? Are things going to be different this year? Is Deontay Foreman, is the cream going to rise to the top? Jimmy, start us off. It's honestly now or never. Um, I guess health had been an issue before, but if he's fully healthy now and he can't beat out Lamar Miller, who is as vanilla as it gets, then oh, he is. Then he's just screwed. I, there's no future for him if he can't beat him out now. Keegs, is it going to happen? Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I, I think it very well could. I, I agree with Jim there. I think if he can't do it now, I don't know if he can. He's he's you know gotten a little better shape. He said he's coming back with something to prove. The coaches are raving about him just through minicamp and stuff. And Lamar Miller is just, he's nothing. So if you can't beat him now, I don't know when you're going to do it. Duckworth, what do you think? Is Lamar Miller going to keep this job? You guys really think Foreman can steal the backfield from such an electric playmaker as Miller? (laughs) No. Yeah, he's absolutely going to take it. It's not a question of can he. It's more of a question of how long can Miller hold him off. Foreman was stealing the spotlight before he tore his Achilles. He was taking over the backfield. He was leading in carries, I believe, a couple weeks relating up to it. And I'm still betting that if Foreman is even at least 80, 90% as explosive as he was before the injury, that's more than enough to take command of the backfield and let Lamar Miller just be a change of pace guy. Change of pace. All right, we're going to, we want to run real crappy these next two drives. Lamar, we're going to put <laughs> our change of pace to our crappy back. CJ, how many weeks is it going to take Deontay Foreman to win this job? Let's five. say two. Two. Wolf, what do you think? Two, yeah, five? Good. What do you think? I think right from the start, I think he's going to win it in camp. I think he's going to rise. He's going to be one of those like preseason guys that you're getting right now in round 10 that by the season he's going round five, and deservedly so. This offense is explosive as it gets. It, Bill O'Brien loves to run it. First, fifth, sixth, 11th, and fourth most rushing attempts since he took over in Houston. I think there's a ton of volume here and a very valuable offense, and I think Foreman's going to start the season as that guy, and everyone's going to look back and think, why didn't I take this guy in every best ball draft? Well, he was a 10th rounder. You remember like two years ago, going into the season two years ago, when Todd Gurley was coming off a real disappointing performance and Lamar Miller was getting his change of scenery. I remember a good buddy of mine, we were in a keeper league and you get to keep one guy and he had Lamar Miller and Gurley. And it was just like, and I remember even on the RSJ, they were right next to each other. It was like, man, which one of these guys are we going to take? They're both, you can't lose. They're both going to be amazing. And uh, he kept Miller. And yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was smart, just at the last minute. Man. Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't work out that well for him, did it? But anyway, that's out, my point. Like, probably I mean, score him this year. 
Yeah, that's true. He probably will outscore Gurley this year. <laughs> he probably will. Question six. How is the air raid progressing? Oh, I'm interested in you guys' thoughts on this. How is the air raid progressing? And will a true wide receiver one emerge from that? Wolf, we're going to start you off on this one. What do you think? You know I love the air raid. You know I'm all in on Kyler Murray. I think he's 2019 Mahomes. Oh, uh, and I'm predicting that's going to just really develop nice and smooth. I think he's very acclimated to the system since his time at Oklahoma. He's a great runner. He's a great thrower. They surrounded him with all the weapons. Cliff Kingsbury is the perfect kind of engineer of the air raid. We've seen his college. He's averaged 42.0 points as a college coach. I know it's the NFL. It's a different level of speed. You know, the guy can't play defense. He can't coach a full team, whatever. He can coach offense. And I think this offense is going to take the league by storm. I think Kyler Murray is going to be fantastic in it. And I just can't wait for the NFL season right now. 2019 Pat Mahomes. When you call a guy 2019 Mahomes, like you think he's going to throw like 50 touchdowns? What the hell are you talking about? No, I mean, he's not going to like become the league MVP necessarily right off the bat. But, I mean, the 10th to 11th round quarterback that comes with the ceiling that could be season changing. I don't see anybody that matches the upside that Kyler Murray brings to the table with the legs, with the arm, with the weapons. It all kind of stacks up to when we graded Mahomes last year. All those categories checked off other than provenness. And when I see Kyler Murray, I see somebody that checks off every single box other than has he done it at the NFL level yet. I get he's a little bit shorter and there's other types of question marks here with this guy but to me everything else is so perfect with him that i think it just parallels what my home situation was last year yeah maybe i think we should guard against the whole like you know remember when when jordan came along and then like every two years someone would be like oh this guy's the next michael jordan it was like i remember they said that about like harold minor and stuff like that uh you know just to uh, it's probably harold minor my favorite yeah, yeah probably before Keith, you were what born. are your thoughts on harold minor you a big fan of him <laughs> oh huge <laughs> baby jordan minor, i hardly know it you guys <laughs> you guys remember baby Jordan? He won the dunk contest one year. <laughs> anyway, uh, Duck, what do you think? The air raid offense, talk to me. The air raid offense, I like it. I watch a lot of college football. I know there's differences between college and pro. Like Wolf said, the speeds are different. I am not quite as bullish on Kyler as the Wolf. The talent, I have no question on. I trust my eyes enough to know that he is an absolute freak talent. I looked a little deeper, and uh, his interviews made me a little nervous. Maybe he's just like me. He doesn't talk very well. He gets nervous. But his interviews made me just question, did he have the football IQ to really make it in the NFL as a superstar on more than just his athleticism? That was it. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. That was my hesitations. But as far as uh, whether a true wide receiver one will emerge or not, I think it's a toss-up between Fitz and Kirk. Kirk has got that athleticism. He's got. He's young. He's an excellent playmaker. He's a good possession receiver. Great with uh, the yak. But Fitz is just that crafty veteran that you can never count out. And he still is like an impeccable shape. And if Kyler locks onto Fitz, I think that Fitz could win that job. But it's between those two, really, for me. CJ, what do you think? Yeah, I think Fitzgerald is going to be what he always is. He's always reliable, even though he's getting up there in age, probably like a year or two left. But um, yeah, Christian Kirk's perfect for this offense. He was in this offense at Texas A&M, played under Sumlin, and now he's in the offense again. He does everything that you need him to do in this offense. So I'm all in on Kirk this year. Jimmy, what's up? I love Murray. Um, you get guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson that are 
I mean, they're not good, but they're fantasy relevant because they're legs. So when you give us a guy like Murray who can actually throw the ball and has probably better legs than both of them, that's just like that's instant points right there. And if they're going to play fast and up tempo, then I I love Murray in like the eighth round, for example. I think he could be a steal there. And I do love Christian Kirk. If they're going to play fast and up tempo, I think he's the guy. You know, routes over the middle, all the yak stuff. I think he's going to be uh, Murray's favorite weapon. Keys, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm in on the air raid offense. I guess like like Duck said, I'm not as huge on Kyler Murray as just being you know taken over in his first season like like Mahomes did. Um, but I do think he's going to be solid. I think it, it, with the pace is good for them. I think like we've said about Kirk, I think the pace is good. I've seen Larry Fitz talking about how he loves the pace of the offense now. He loves the way it's working uh, so far in camp. So um, I, I'm I'm not you know I, I'm I'm definitely in on Murray, just not maybe to the to the Wolves' extent because he kind of goes all in when he goes all in on a guy <laughs> he really does all right we're gonna do this rapid fire we're uh getting ready to you know end the podcast it's almost eight o'clock which means my kid's gonna have to go to bed pretty soon um so this is obviously anytime you know you got bedtime coming up that's when you enter the rapid fire no huddle offense so we're gonna start here and we're gonna start with jimmy jimmy who is gonna be the wide receiver in the steelers offense this year uh, the number two guy behind Juju, I like James Washington. Keegs, what do you think? I Doc can't Mon- believe it. <laughs> I guess Moncrief, or I like Vance McDonald to sneak in and get some receptions. Doc, what do you think? Uh, I'm the Moncrief guy. I believe in his talent. Ben loves him. He keeps raving about him. I think that speaks volumes. Not a Washington fan? I'm a big Washington talent fan. I just think he's a bit of a project. CJ, what do you think? Right. CJ's no longer CJ with us. is, is thinking out. about this one really hard. Uh, Wolf, what do you think? Pregnant lady walked by. I, it's Moncrief. <laughs> Have you read anything? Oh, there he is. Loading too much weird stuff on his computer right now, I'm sure. But, no, it's, it's, it's Moncrief for sure. He's 6'3", athletic as all hell. He has gotten done whenever he's had a quarterback. It's Moncrief. Got to get that weird stuff off your computer. Um, Packers, number two receiver. Keeks, who's it going to be? Uh, it should be MVS. I don't know if they've, they always seem hesitant to use him, but I like him. Um, go ahead, Doc. MVS, I'm with you. He's 6'4", runs a 4'3", 40. They're moving him to the outside. I know Rodgers targets the slot a lot, but I think MVS just has such a huge ceiling. CJ? Geronimo. <laughs> Jimmy? Yeah, everyone likes MVS, but I'll take Geronimo. Wolf, what do you think? Break the tie. You know I'm an upside guy. I'm going MVS 6-4 in that 40. He's going to blaze it. All right, I'm going to go outside the box on this one. I think Jamal Williams has a good chance of taking the wide receiver, too. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I would take MVS. All right, uh, Patriots. And will a viable tight end emerge in this offense? Who's going to be the wide receiver, too, there? Wolf, get us started. You probably thought about this. I, I think it's Nikhil Harry. He's getting all the reps right now. He gets that time to forge the chemistry with Brady. I think he's going to come in and dominate. Doc? Well, if you're taking the words out of my mouth, I like Nikhil Harry. Just sort of as a later season come along, I think he'll struggle a little bit earlier, but I'm all Harry. CJ. Josh Gordon. <laughs> okay. I laughed, and then I was like, wait a minute. I see what you did there. Jimmy, go I don't ahead. think he's going to be suspended for that long. <laughs> I don't either. Well, I mean, he did smoke marijuana. Let's not forget. That's true. Uh, yeah, he did break a kid's arm, but he did smoke him up. That's capital punishment. I know, right seriously. There. It's not like you can just walk up to any store. and Anyway, uh, that's a different podcast. Jimmy, go ahead. <laughs> is saying James White, is that cheating? No, it's not no, cheating. That's All really right. good. James White, then. All right, uh, Keegs. Um, 
Assuming Josh Gordon is out for an extended period of time, which I don't think he should be. Uh, I like Dorsett a lot. Edelman told him to lead the wide receiver groups while he's out, and he's been steadily gaining Brady's trust. All right, fair enough. Uh, Seahawks, wide receiver too. Doc, what do you think? David Moore. He's uh, the deep threat to complement Tyler Lockett, and he flashed real good touchdown upside. I think he develops even more with Russ. Give me David Moore. CJ? Uh, I think everything about him sucks, but I'm going to say DK Metcalf. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, he says. Jimmy, what do you think? Bring some sanity to this. Yeah, I kind of like DK as well. I know he's not great, but I have to. <laughs> Keegs, you got to do something. Ducks I'm, beside I, himself. I, I hate to say it, but I'm in the same boat because I like David Moore. I'm a I'm a David Moore fan, and uh, I think he I think he could you know carve out a role for himself. But I don't like anything about DK Metcalf. But the Seahawks seem to like everything about DK Metcalf, so I, I got to go with that. Wolf, I love six four four three leaping forty inch verticals. What what do you guys not like? I get he can't run routes, but you don't need to run routes in this <laughs> offense. Burn deep, jump up and. Catch Russ's pinpoint balls all day. DK Metcalf, he's going to crush it. Yeah, what good is he going to do when he trips over his own feet and is in the dirt for the most of the game? The ball goes sailing over his head. We're going to have to revisit this at some ten, point. Ten touchdowns, I'm telling you. Ten, ten touchdowns. Ten touchdowns. Ten, I'll tell you what, ten for him, twelve for Peyton Barber. You're starting to build yourself a contender here. This is not bad hey, at all. Do you guys remember the guy in the Super Bowl? That giant freak that Seattle had against the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Matthews, baby. Yeah. Yeah. You remember like that? Yeah, that's gonna be him, but like way better. But like yeah. way better. Thank okay, you, Jimmy. Jimmy saying. Flash one game, I get you. Duckworth, um, who's the, gonna be the number one wide receiver in the Jaguars' crap on offense this year? Didi Westbrook. I think uh, Foles and De Filippo could sneakily be an OC QB match made in heaven. Didi Westbrook is an electric playmaker. I love it. Give me some DD. CD. CJ, who do you think? The only guy that's had a history with Nick Foles, Chris Conley. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I love I love DD this year. It's got to be DD. Keeks? Yeah, DD. I, I think Foles could bring something out of him we haven't really seen yet. Wolf? DD as well. I love it. I think he's a fantastic sleeper this year. I like Alan Hearns to come back to the Jaguars and, and make a bid for that wide receiver one spot. <laughs> he's been hiding in that club in London for a while now. Yeah. Um, all right. Who's the Broncos number one guy going to be, CJ? Manny Sanders. He's not on pup. He looks great. We're working with our guy, Footwork King. Yeah. Okay. Jimmy? Yeah, it's got to be Manny Sanders. Uh, if not him, Dick's on Hamilton. But Sanders looked good in those videos. Yeah, Sanders does look good. Guy almost won me a couple of championships last year. Um, he he was huge, and uh, I I think as long as he's a hun- uh, even close to one hundred percent, he's the guy. If he's out early, maybe Sutton takes over a little, but I don't know. Wolf, not a fan of Sutton at all. I think everybody else in the industry. I'm surprised we're a clean sweep on Sanders because this is different than most people would say. And I'm Sanders as well. I'm all about him. Duck, are we a clean sweep? I mean, he gave us the clean sweep before you had weighed in. I noticed. <laughs> Get the brooms out. It's a clean sweep. I'm a Manny guy, but if he uh, doesn't return, I'm all in on Hamilton. I'm a Manny guy, too. All right, Redskins. Who's their number one receiver, Jimmy? Ugh. No. No? Okay. No. Fair. <laughs> Keeks. Uh, I mean, by default, fucking Paul Richardson, I guess. I don't know. Oh, wow. Paul Richardson. <laughs> it's kind of disgusting. I mean, McLaurin and Harmon, they got some rookies that could, that could you know, 
pick it up, but I guess it's Paul Richardson. I don't know. Jimmy was like, I would rather just say nobody because there's no way in hell I'm going to say Paul Richardson's name on this podcast. Yeah, I, I just ruined That's my right. reputation. Wolf, you a Paul Richardson fan? Not at all. Trey Quinn's catching 90 balls this year. Wait and see it. 90 balls? How many touchdowns? He's not going to give any touchdowns, like four, four or five, but 90 balls, PPR leaguers, Trey Quinn, make sure you know it, the slot guy dominating when Crowder's now gone. All about If Trey. I told you right now, you're starting off your team, you got Peyton Barber, you got Trey Quinn, and uh, you got uh, DK Metcalf, are you thinking to yourself, like, I, you know, I'm cooking with gas here? If that's my rounds 12, 13, and 14, which is what it should be, my rounds 1 through 11 are obviously impeccable, so yes, I would love those three <laughs> on my bench, absolutely. Okay. Uh uh, Doc, go ahead. I've seen you draft Wolf. Impeccable is a strong word, but <laughs> it is strong. Be, yeah, Trey Quinn. He's a real sneaky value, real good, silky smooth route runner. I like it. CJ, uh, I was going to say the Ohio State connection, Haskins to McLaurin, but I'm going to go with our guy Jordan Reed. Oh, come on, you're dude! Just, Are you fucking kidding me? You've never learned. Touches. You are yeah, so seriously. controversial today. Fuck He's going to. He's right. going to lead the team in touchdown receptions. With turf oh. toe the whole with, way. With three or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's the Bills' uh, number one receiver going to be, Jimmy? I'm going to give you another crack at leading things off since I, since I hit you with the last one and you didn't care for it. Yeah. Uh, Robert Foster. He seems to have at least some kind of talent, unlike Zay Jones. Keith. <laughs> but Zay Jones, didn't he run like naked through a, a plate glass window or something? Or am I mixing him up with some other guy? Or was that me? That, that, that was yeah, that was him. He ran yeah. naked, naked down a hotel and like ran out the window or something. Yeah, I mean, so he, we've seen he has breakaway speed. Um, go ahead, Keith. Yeah. Go ahead. Who do you think? Your foster guy. I, mean, I I almost wanted Jimmy this question because it's just as pointless as Washington. But I mean, I don't know. Beasley will get receptions. Zay Jones might get some red zone touches, but nobody's gonna like put it all together. So I guess Foster. I don't know. Wolf. It's going to be John Brown. This is a deep ball offense. They threw it deeper than anybody last year. It, it's going to be John Brown. He's still four three seven. I love it. John Brown all day. Doc, you like the Brown call? Yep. I'm a bit of a Robert Foster skeptic. I'm going to pick the player that most closely aligns with uh, what Josh Allen does best. Throw it out of the football stadium. I'm taking John Brown. CJ, who's your insane pick going to be for this question? Uh, Sean McCoy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to say John Brown, and I agree with Doc. I just I don't even get the Cole Beasley acquisition because like Josh Allen can't throw down like intermediate or anything. So it's like it's going to be John Brown, I guess, or Foster. Who knows? One right. of those two. Keegs is a lead running back going to emerge in the 49ers backfield? I don't think any one guy is going to really emerge, but I think the fact that they went out and got Tevin Coleman and that he's got familiarity with Shanahan's offense, I think, means a lot. Um, so I, I guess I would go with him of the three. Does anybody here feel strongly? Do you, does anybody here think Tevin Coleman's going to like you know take the reins and become a dominant fantasy back? Yes, oh, Doc yeah. does. Jimmy does. Guy. Yeah. Wolf thoughts? No. CJ? No, not at all. I think early on he's the guy, but I don't think he's anything special. Tevin Coleman CJ? not special? What the hell are you smoking? No, Jared so- McKinnon's going to be by mid-season. And Jarek McKinnon, watch. I know I sucked him off all last year. God, and I'm going to suck him off suck again. Him off he's going so after pick 100 this time. Though. Yeah, he's going to he's going to show why we were so all in by midseason this year. Did watch, anybody trust here, me, watch that? Did anybody here have their season ruined by Jarek McKinnon last year? No, I was smart enough to know he was a bust. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf was sucking him off all year, and yet nobody took the bait. I love it. <clears throat> 
Um, Eagles, who's going to emerge in that backfield, CJ, if anybody? Uh, in the beginning, it will be Jordan Howard, and then Miles Sanders is eventually going to take over by like week five or so, and he's going to actually be pretty good. Okay. Jimmy, what do you think? I think Sanders is going to get it from uh, week one. You know, they said he's in camp now, and his first carry, he made like three guys miss unblocked. So I, I think he's ready to go. No hands for you, too. Keegs, Eagles backfield? Uh, I think Sanders has shown them a lot so far in camp, but I think primarily as a receiver, I think they'll use him as that early and get Howard the uh, you know short yardage goal line stuff like that because um, they feel they can maybe trust him a little more. But I think uh, by the end of the year, Sanders should take it over. Duck, what do you think? Any any other strange candidates for the Eagles backfield? Not really. I think whenever they went out and got Howard. And they drafted Sanders. They had Howard envisioned as sort of a transitionary guy to let Sanders just pick up the offense before Sanders took off with it. Well, if you love Jordan Howard, right? Oh, fuck Jordan Howard. He ruined my year. I'd spit in his face if I was able to. I don't like anybody here, but Sanders is the only one that comes with three down upside. So if I'm taking one, I'm taking him. If, Wait, if you, how, about, how about them adding Darren Sproles to this mix? I know, right? What yeah, is, sweet. Is, Four-headed is, fuckfest. Like, <laughs> so, so, so who's going to catch passes? So, Wolf, you said, Fine, you, Sproles, said you would Sanders, spit in his face. You would Malden. spit in Jordan Howard's face if you saw him. Who's the main guy in the NFL right now if you could yeah, run absolutely. into it? But if, who's the main guy that if you could run into him on the street in the NFL would get the face spitting from you? He'd say Corey Davis. I, I, yeah, that's a good yeah, call. Corey <laughs> Davis, it really will be. Yeah, Corey I mean, it was Cameron Braid a while ago. I would love to ago. spit in Corey Davis' face. <laughs> Cameron Braid was a couple years ago. I mean, there's a million. I would love to spit in so many people's faces, but I'd say Cameron Braid and uh, Corey Davis are the top two on my list right now. But, like, if you saw Jordan Howard, like, you would still, you'd do it. The dude probably has, like, fucking gorilla fists, though. That guy is a mammoth. Like, he would beat the shit out of him. So I don't <laughs> know. You're, you're going to get a beating. but... Yeah, I, I don't know. He's the he's the most terrifying of him. If you're telling me there's no like ultra action after it, I can just spit in his face with consequence free. Yeah, I'd spit in his face absolutely. Okay, good. I right. just want just wanted to clear that up. All right, last backfield that we're going to talk about, and this is followed on the agenda sheet with the uh, you know classic LOL written after it. Bill's backfield, LOL. Is anyone going to emerge? Duck. What do you think? Devin Singletary. I don't trust Shady, and I don't trust Frank Gore. I think they're just going to. Well, I think Shady might be on his way out. I keep hearing those reports. And Gore is just that short yardage guy. While they get Singletary acclimated, I like Singletary a lot. Yeah, Gore is, you know, but he is hung like a donkey. Go ahead, uh, CJ. Gore, what do you think? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think Gore is just going to be annoying as fuck as he always is. Probably Singletary, but I don't care at all. Josh Allen. Jimmy, do you care? <laughs> Not really. Singletary is pretty nice, but you know, at this point with that team, you could take CJ out of retirement and put him back there, and I think he'd be just as good. How many yards a carry could CJ get behind the Buffalo line? More than Ronald Jones. Who's the guy who's been spending the whole podcast defending this guy? <laughs> Keegs Wolf, any thoughts about the Buffalo backfield? Not touching it. I don't give a shit who emerges there. No one's going to have value. All right. That's yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't really care. But I mean, Death Taxes and Frank Gore, so. Right, right. Well, it's always good to end on a question that nobody cares about. All right, uh, we're going to wrap things up right there. Got to put my kid to bed. Uh, Got to you know make sure that things are running smoothly around here. Guys, it's been real fun doing this six-person roundtable talk or uh, hexagon table or whatever you want to call it. I hope we can do one of these in person sometimes, guys, once the RSJ uh, virus continues to spread. Hopefully we can do one of these in the studio. It'll be uh, you know, ten times as good. 
Um, Wolf, you got any social media you want to pump, or any of you guys for that matter? But Wolf, I'll start with you. Uh, RotoStreetJournal.com is our home base. FFBDPod.com is the podcast site. Roto Street Journal on Instagram and Facebook are two biggest spots, other than Twitter as well. Roto ST Journal and me personally at Roto Street Wolf. You can find me for anything. Okay. Any you, the rest of you guys want to just do it, some shameless self promotion here? CJ, I mean, I know you love to put yourself out there. No, um, just subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We have a lot of big things coming up, so do that. Help us grow. That's it. Done. Uh, there's this uh, little site. We mostly just cover like NFL, NBA, and stuff, but I work for it. It's where I cover the Titans, full press coverage. We got a lot of young, talented writers just looking to carve their name in the field and give us a look, and also look at the uh, unfiltered sports network where I cover the Cowboys. Nice. They're growing too, so. You know, man, you just, just you just put yourself in on the ground floor of all these things, and just hopefully one of these things is going to take <laughs> off, and you're going to be just yurtle the turtle on the top of the turtle stack before too long. All right, check them out. They're growing sites. Uh, ducks in on the ground floor. Uh, it's been That's a lot great. of fun. Uh, like I said, great roundtable talk. Oh, my son comes in right on cue. Uh, my name is Nat the Truth Jones, and this is the see wolf. You guys. And this is the rest <laughs> of these guys. We'll see you later. See us. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second down, third down, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.